Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last Chat. I'm Miss Leisha. You know I got my right hand, and she most of the time she my left hand. Miss Tony is coming into the chat room soon. We want to welcome everybody. Excuse my voice, y'all. Yes, child. You know this 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 summertime thing. Um, it it not got me, honey. It didn't got me. It's these sinuses. You know they just really not my ministry, and um. Everybody know, you know, sinuses is not your ministry because it's not cute. You got to sniffle. You coughing every five minutes. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we appreciate you guys coming to kick it with us today in the chat room. Child, we got a hot one today. It's our mind, body, and soul segment. Me and Tony like to do these at least once or twice a month. We uh we love to be able to allow authors to come on our show and talk that talk, their passion, their pen, what drives them. And we have a lot of authors that are um, nonfiction. And so we have our Mind, Body, and Soul um, segment for authors, speakers, people that want to come in and just be able to talk to us. Um, they don't have a book. They may just have a platform. They may want a platform. And so we love to open our doors to any and everyone. If you would like to be a guest on Let's Chat, no worries. Just make sure you send your request to the chat radio show at gmail.com. So here on the chat room, child, we don't care. Get your little red cups. We don't discriminate on what's on the inside of them red cups. Put your feet up. Get your little comfy shoes on. We like to have girl talk, guy talk too. We don't discriminate. We got three fabulous guests that are going to be on tonight with us. We got author Delphia. I always say her name wrong. Delphia Blount, um, Nikki Intuitive, and Shanisha Dotson. I'm excited to have these ladies in here. We're going to talk this talk today. So let's talk about the topic. Okay, so 
a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, Delphia always she always posts something on her on her post. It's always something good, right? So I'm scrolling through and she posted something about um relationships and she said that relationships fail because people are looking to be desired rather than valued, right? And so, you know, T and I started the new trending topic on last chat that we try to do every week. I know child. Don't 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 judge me. I, I know I don't do it all the time. But I I be trying to get it out there. And so I thought that this would make a fabulous, fabulous, fabulous topic and we're gonna have her on here. We're gonna talk that talk. We got Nikki Intuitive on here. We got Shanisha on here. We, y'all, we about to get into it. We're going to take a brief break. So I'm not sniffling and coughing in y'all ear. We're going to take a brief break, and we will be right back. Let's hit you with some of that. Uh, we're going to hit you with some of that Miko Slim. I'm excited because we're going to get him back in the chat room. He has a new album out. We'll be right back. Back. 
Welcome to Let's Chat. How my mic? Y'all hear me? Mic check one two one two. Yes. So we're excited about tonight. We have our mind, body, and soul segment. We're gonna be talking that talk about relationships, honey. Do do they fall apart because people rather be desired than valued? So we took it to Facebook because y'all know that's what we do. We like to bring hot topics and get people talking and get all the dudes riled up because, you know, sometimes men get riled up, but on here they were spitting some straight game. They were spitting some straight game. So we're going to go through some of these posts. Tasha DeMay, she said, that's true because this society tells everyone they'll listen, that'll listen that looks and money matter. Okay, if you don't have that, then you're considered a failure. A person could be the wealthiest, most finest in the world and be ugly on the inside and in their ways. Greed and vanity are the strongest sins. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. Um, What do y'all think? Make sure y'all hit up my post or make sure you guys call in here on Let's Chat. 347-205-9387 347-205-9387 When you want to talk Just make sure you press your ones We are excited Let's see who else is in here Chit-chatting with us <clears throat> We got author Navi Robbins Y'all, he put it down He was talking that talk for the men He said people want to be desired Because we place value on things That can be possessed and owned Instead of what can be earned and cherished Okay, y'all hear that? And you, y'all women know because we be like, what is it? Because you know, men they seem to it's their eye thing. You gotta, you gotta get their eye gate, you know, all the time. And so he goes on to say, at this moment in time, the only thing that's valued are things, exterior matter, and therefore we don't value people any longer. Just how people look and make us look when we're with them. That's why we choose visual stimulation over emotional compatibility. Now, child, I want to challenge that right there because, you know, a lot of times when people get together, a lot of times I'm just saying, you know, sometimes it's um, the attraction is not that person. It's that person's brokenness. And so a lot of times if you get into a relationship sometimes and you're not whole within yourself, that means that you don't value yourself, you don't desire yourself, you're going to attract who you are a lot of times. And I can't wait for these ladies to come here and talk that, talk about that with us because that is so true. Because you attract who you are, you, you attract your brokenness. And when people get to get two broken people come together, once healing occurs, that relationship falls apart um, because the attraction was their brokenness. That was what attracted them to each other. And so I think a lot of times before we get into relationships, we have to start thinking about that. How much do we value ourselves? How much do we do we um, desire ourselves? Because you, it has to be you because you are who you attract. And you want to make sure that you're thinking about these things you know, when you get out of one relationship, there used to be that old saying, "You um, best way to get under, get over one person is to get under another one." Not necessarily. You know what I'm saying? Because that brokenness is what got you in that other relationship. That's just a whole another mess. I'm just saying, not trying to crunch no toes. I'm just, I'm just, you know, just a little observation here. 
But we're going to continue that. We're going to continue that because Navi was, he was throwing it down for the men. He was putting it out there. And we're going to go back to his post later on in the show. We're going to bring on our first guest, the fabulous and gorgeous Nikki Intuitive. Now, her name has a reason behind it, so I want her to come on here and talk that talk about her brand, her name, and what it is she does to bless everybody. Welcome to Let's Chat. Is your phone on mute? No, I didn't have my, I was connecting Bluetooth here. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Okay, for all of those that have not been able to um, cross paths with the fabulous Nikki Intuitive, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Um, well, my name within itself says a lot, intuitive. I am a intuitive reader. Um, born with the gift of being able to see and know things. Um, and I use my gift to help guide people in the right direction. Basically, when they're off course and they're trying to figure out their life, they don't know which direction to go in, they're dealing with some emotional problems, they need help with healing, um, I go in and I just direct them on the path that they need to be on to get it together. Absolutely. Okay. All right, Miss Nikki. Now, what what made you learn about your gift? Um, well, I've always had the gift. Um, I've had the gift since I was a child. Um, but I guess, you know, I, I say this, God gives gifts, but, you know, sometimes he will put them on a delay until you're mature enough to understand it and handle the responsibility of it. And mm-hmm. um, as a child, I you know, it was recognized. It was, you know, I knew I had it. Um, and then it kind of sank back in as far as me knowing things. I just started having dreams. And one morning I woke up, I was, uh, I was 28, and I woke up, and I heard the voice say, much is given, much is required. And I was like, okay, God, something is about to happen. And sure enough, I just knew that I knew that I knew something, and I didn't know exactly what I was knowing. And I had called a friend. I said, listen, I think I know some stuff. And <laughs> she said, well, what do you know? And I started to read her. She started throwing out names to me, and I started to be able to look into these people's lives. And she was like, oh, my God. She was like, are you see? I was like, it just happened. And so I say I was not at a mature place for it to happen as I was growing up, but he did mm-hmm. keep that gift with me through my dream. So when I dreamed, those things came true. So it's, it happened, you know. <laughs> Now, who was your biggest support um, system when you said, okay, I got this. Um, God wants me to go out and bless these people. Now, who was your biggest supporter um, in going out and pursuing this? I would have to say my husband and my kids. They, My husband really supported me. Um, I was really nervous about um, coming out about it because I'm like, well, you know, people who know me, it's going to be like, I know Nikki, she doesn't have this gift. And I was worried about the backlash. And, you know, my husband said, you know, not everybody will get a gift like this. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, you need to take this and you need to use it for exactly what it's being given to you for. He said, you've mm-hmm. always been able to help people. He said, now God is giving you a bigger, a bigger stage to help people on. He said, now go help them. He said, don't worry about what other people think about you. He said, don't worry about it. 
And so, you know, and my kids, very supportive. Oh, very, my kids were just like, I, I was nervous with them too. And um, with my daughter, when I had spoken with her, which she's my oldest, and I told her, I was like, listen, you know, this is what's going on with me. She was in high school at that point in time. She says, mom, she says, um, I don't feel any kind of way. She says, because I think I have the same thing that you have. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah, mom. She says, my dreams are very vivid. And she says, I woke up yesterday, just so happy since I woke up yesterday, and I just know things now. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, okay, okay. So through that, I've been able to teach my daughter. So this is, this, but this is something that's most definitely passed down. My grandmother and my uncle had it. So this runs in my family. Okay, okay. Now, when you decided to step out and go public, how, what was the first, uh, how did you approach it? Did you, and be able to get, because you have a following, so how were you able to, how was you able to approach it and be able to grow your fan base? Um, well, my friend, actually my best friend, she um, she's the one who actually put me out on the Facebook, and um, she was like, people need to know about you. When I first approached it, I always said I want to be authentic to the gift. I want to be organic. Um, mm-hmm. And that meant that I didn't want to use any cards. I didn't want to use anything extra. I wanted to be exactly who I was, and I only wanted to use what God had given me. I think just being myself and being true to my gift is what brought people into me. And the fact that I I always say I'm going to keep things 100. I'm not going to act like I'm somebody that I'm not. I I will not portray to be, you know, another type of psychic or another type of medium. I will be exactly who I am. And I just think just me sticking to who I am has drawn people to me. Awesome. I love it. Now, what is your greatest strength uh, outside of um, your gift? Forgiveness. I have always been a forgiver. Um, I, I, I don't, it wasn't something that was taught to me. It was just something that's always naturally have, has, has been part of me, is just to be able to forgive because it feels good when I can forgive people, even when they do things me and I look at that to be a strength because a lot of people hold on to so many things and they don't know how to forgive because forgiving is letting go mm. yeah that's that's hard sometimes you know because you know sometimes you get that petty bug child because you know I can be petty <laughs> and you know when the petty bug gets you sometimes you know ain't no telling I mean I might forgive you won't know I forgive I'm just going to be just as petty as the first day I got mad. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I can't. I, I have tried to, um, to like, hold a grudge, especially with my husband. Like, I'll try to get mad at him, and, and it just doesn't work. Even with friends, like, I was like, I'm not going to deal with this person anymore. You know what? And I'll try to be mad, and it's just like, you know, like, don't be mad. Just forgive this person and just, you know, walk away. And so, and, and that's, and for me, you know, it's like I take weight off my shoulders when I do that. Because if I hold on to something, then it's going to throw me off of what it is I need to be doing myself. And so, and that's what happens with so many people. You know, we hold on to so much that it eats inside of us and it throws us completely off. Because we're more focused on the situation that we're mad at than being focused on what it is that we need to be doing for ourselves. 
Now, I can agree with that. I, I always say, you know, being in your feelings is a waste of time. You waste so much time being in your feelings because it's like you were there, but you, you accomplished nothing while you were there. You you did nothing. Nothing expanded. Your, your territory didn't enlarge. You, you know, you didn't get any extra blessings. Nothing happened while you was in your feelings. You were just sitting there in your feelings. And so that is so true. Right. Now, exactly, our, topic, exactly. our topic today is our Mind, Body, and Soul uh, segment, and we're talking about um, a Facebook post that was posted a couple weeks ago by one of the authors that's going to be on tonight. And her post was that relationships fail because people are looking to be desired rather than valued. What do you think about that? Yes, people are looking to be um, valued. I feel like people are looking to be valued in a relationship. Um more so than desired. I, I do. Hmm. I, I do, but see, you have to understand, I talk to people, and when I'm going in on people, when I'm doing readings on people, I'm initially seeing exactly what it is that they want. Um, people want to be loved for who they are, you know, the inside of them. The outside of them is just to try to grasp. I'm, talk, I'm speaking from the women that I have read. On the outside, that's to get the man. That's like, okay, I need to bring you in here. Like, let me get you that way. But then it's like once I get you, it's like, but now I need you to love me because, see, up under all this makeup and up under this weave, understand there's some things that's been happening to me, and I need you to accept that part of me. Because in all honesty, women do not like living in a lot in a relationship because then that means that they are not giving their all in the relationship. And the majority of the time, 90% of the time, a woman wants to be able to give her all. She wants to be able for this man to say, listen, I love you without the eyelashes. I love you without the makeup. I love you without them butt implants. I love you because of who you are and what you bring to me, spiritually and emotionally. So, see, the whole, the whole thing of the outer, that's just to get the man in because women, we feel like we have to be in competition with the next woman. And so we go, and, and so women go out here and do all these things to their outer to try to draw the man in. When in all reality, if they just be who they are, the man that's for them will already come to them because he's assigned to them. So, see, when they start doing all this extra to try to go catch a man, it's like that's why you keep catching raw fish because this, this is not what you're supposed to be doing anyway. But to get back on subject, yeah, women, they, they do. They, they want a, a man that's going to understand them. And accept them. Now, see, I could go deep with this conversation. Go deep with it, child. Go deep with it. We're here for it. We're here for it. We're here for all of it. We'll go right on with you. I got my life jacket so on. You we can go. <laughs> so you go right on with me down the road. I mean, no, but I mean, like, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, so, of course, my perspective is going to be different from someone else who's looking on the outside. Mm-hmm. You know, for, for, for those people, it's just like, oh, you know, no, you know, she just won't. She just wants to be a trophy wife, you know. No, she just, you know, she just wants somebody just to look at her and admire her and stuff. And she's, and a lot of times it's not like that. It's not like that at all. Sometimes they, you know, they get, they do want to be accepted, but they want to be accepted for what's on the inside of them. Not really what's so, what, more so what's on the outside of them. But unfortunately, society does look at the outside, and we don't care to go that deep with anyone to really find out who they are. We stop on the and, surface. 
Absolutely, though. But I think it all depends on who's doing the desiring and who's doing the valuing. Women exactly. are going to go from the inside out. Men are going to go from the outside in. Side the thing in. is that a lot of times men, their eye is what catches. They don't go from the inside. Like you can be the sweetest person in the world and treat them so well, but that does not mean that they're going to value you it does, if they don't desire you. Because the thing with desire, and I want to shout out Nicola Mitchell, because she brought up a fabulous point, that when a man desires you, when he desires anything, that desire causes him to do whatever it takes to keep what it is that he's desiring. He's not going to want to lose that. But once they just stop desiring you and you may be valued, then they tend to start taking you for granted. Why? Because the assumption is that you will never leave. Because men know that once you get a woman, Emotionally, once you're in her head and you get her emotionally, you got her. Most women, you got her until you do something to show her otherwise. And so I think it all depends on who is doing the desiring and who is doing the valuing. Because I'm glad Navi uh, mentioned that in the post, but and it might be a wrong observation for me, but I think most men desire before they value. You know what I'm saying? Most definitely they do. Most definitely they do. Um, and, and, that's, and, and for me, the reason, because 95% of my client base, are, they're females. Um, I have a couple male, male um, clients that I have. And for men, they don't want, emotion for them is almost like a cutoff. So it's like, I, I don't want to, look, I don't really, really want to sit down with you and talk, you know, like, I don't want to get emotional, but you look good. So let's start there. You know, whereas a woman, she's like, well, I want to know more about you. You know, tell mm-hmm. me about you. I want to get to know the inner part of you. So it really is a, it's, it's a different scale there. I definitely agree with that. Because, see, as women, we have to be able to give our all. Because, see, women, we're, we're the multipliers. We multiply things. Um, there was that one author, um, English author, he said if you – uh, if you give a woman a seed, she gives you a child. If you, if you give her um, groceries, she gives you a meal. We multiply. We make everything in your life better. You see what I'm saying? Because we look on the inside and not just on the outside a lot of times. And so by us being the multipliers, that is our job. That is what we do. So we have to be able to give our all. Eye candy is nice, but we all know that eye candy you can get candy off the shelf. It can look good, you know, when you walk up to the register. It's like, ooh, that looks so good. Then you eat it. You're like, ooh, this is some shenanigans. What is this? Right. You know what I'm saying? And so we know. Yeah, we know that when you get on the inside, we might not necessarily like that thing there. And, exactly. But there are some, and I think that women change their mind based on their experiences and based on their hurt and based on their pain. And like I was saying at the beginning of the show, a lot of times when we go into relationships, we go into a relationship broken, expecting that relationship to heal us. When people cannot heal you, you have to already be healed for that to happen. Now, when you attract people, your brokenness, is, it, it draws those broken people to you. And so you guys have those like-minded ideas and experiences because you're both broken. But I don't think we really, really take time to date anymore. Like, back in the day, we used to, like, 
you know, they used to date. Like, they had no choice because you come over to watch TV. Um, your grandma sitting on the couch, too. She watches TV, too. We all watch TV, you know. Right. And they don't do those things like that anymore. A relationship well, you know what, I, and dating is different. It, You know what? It really is different. And I call that when when you have two hurt people to get together, I call that hurt hopping. Because what happens is um, women or men will get a relationship. It's a bad relationship. You get out of it. And instead of taking the time to rediscover yourself, to find yourself, to heal yourself from the pain that you already went through, they're so eager to get in another relationship to think that this next relationship is going to heal you, but it's not. Because what's happening is, is that that same spirit that you just left from, you never cleanse yourself from that spirit. So guess what? Mm-hmm. Now you're about to attract another spirit that might be even worse than the last spirit, and now you're going to go through this, and then that's going to hurt you. And then there you mm-hmm. go. You are hurt, hopping, and you never, you're not taking the time to really cleanse yourself. And, and I speak about this a lot when I do my live, especially I speak out to women because I say we have lost ourselves. Some women have lost themselves. 10 relationships back. And you may need to take about a two-year or three-year time of not dating Mm -hmm. anyone and finding yourself. Because, you know, my next question I always get after, well, you know, I was in this relationship and the person really hurt me, and now I don't know what to do with myself. Okay, well, you know what? Now you got more work to do. Because before you can figure out what you want to do, you have to figure out who you are. You got to discover yourself first. Once you discover who you are, then you can figure out what it is that you want to do in this world. Because, see, that goes deep, too. This is why people would get jobs because, well, you know what? Now I've been on this job 15 years, and now I discover, you know what? I found myself, and I realize I want to do something different with my life. Do you see how that trickles down? Do you see how not taking time for yourself to discover who you are? Finding your, your spiritualness within yourself, your growth, it affects your relationship. It, it affects your career. So it's, that's why I say take time. People think I definitely being agree with her. It's not. Well, you know what? That's because they don't know how to date themselves. I think that when you're dating and you're really just trying to uh, get to know somebody, First of all, you want to ask yourself, would you date yourself? Knowing everything you know about yourself, would I date me? All the good, all the bad, all the ugly, everything, would I date me? Nine out of ten, you would say no. because, And that tells you right then that there are things that you have to work on. But I, I want to say that that's true because people go relationship hopping, and if y'all Think about what she just said. How many times do you get deja vu in a relationship, especially a, a relationship that is not um, not going anywhere? Like you can you can be attached to somebody, you can love somebody, but the thing is, if there's no growth, there's no future. And nine times out of ten, a woman knows if a relationship has no growth up front. She may not want to pay attention to the signs, but she knew it was there. She just kept going because she just went, well, maybe it'll just get better. Maybe it's just, you know, because we always giving people the benefit of the doubt. But a lot of times, if you think about it, you get a relationship deja vu, meaning that it's like, dang, I've been here before. 
He remind me of, and it don't have to be your last relationship. It's about four or five relationships ago. You don't got the same thing that you had to get away from before, but you didn't pay attention. You 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 weren't you weren't completely those healed. Familiar, those are those mm-hmm. familiar spirits. You know how people say, "God, you feel so familiar to me," and then people mm-hmm. say, "Oh, you got a familiar spirit." I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you right now, a familiar spirit is never a good spirit. That is not, that's a, that's a warning. When you get, it, it, the person be so nice, and you be like, oh, my God, you know, I forgot I didn't met you before. You are just so sweet. Like, no, that's not what that familiar spirit is. A familiar spirit is a hurt spirit. That's that spirit that puts you through something that you would never, ever forget about again. That's that huh. spirit. That's why it's so familiar, and that's why it's called a familiar spirit. And so don't look at the outside. Again, we're going back to don't look at the outside of the person. Feel that spirit of that person. And if something don't feel right, I don't care how beautiful that package is, run. Because you done already been down that road before. Child, you better talk that talk. We are, we are live with less chat. I am Miss Leisha. You know I got my right hand, and most of the time my left, the fabulous Miss Tony. She is kicking it with us here in the chat room, and we got Nikki Intuitive. And, y'all, she is talking that talk. Y'all got your pens and papers because she is talking them emotional jewels. She is dropping them life lessons, some things that we need to take note of and, and put in our little knapsack. You know, a lot of times we... We uh we do things and 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 we tend to just not say anything, but we'll just take it and throw it in our little knapsack for the next time go around. And then I think a lot of times we put the wrong stuff in our knapsack. We we put the wrong things in there. We we hold on to the wrong stuff. So this stuff right here that she's giving, this stuff we need to hold on to, cause y'all know about them familiar spirits. Y'all know about the familiar spirits. And so now y'all know you like uh uh-uh, uh you familiar. No thank you. Look, some people right now thinking about, wait a minute, I got some friends who got Uh some some new friends that got some familiar spirits. I might need to start blocking some people. Right, now they (laughs) all here like, y'all, you know what? Mm -hmm. I knew that wasn't going to work. He reminded me of Jeff. That's right, because him and Jeff have the same spirit. Got but the, the same fact that you spirit. were drawn to the same spirit twice, that means that you need to do some working on you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, so, ma'am. And that's and that's where the start is at. Yeah. Absolutely. I love it. So now when you get into um the conversations with the ladies or the, the men um who come to you and they want that guidance and and this is what I say about guidance, because I do. I talk to Nikki a lot. Um, and this is what I say about guidance. Nobody gives you something. I don't care where you go, even if you go to church. Nobody gives you something you didn't already have. Nobody's going to tell you something that God has already put in your spirit. Now, he will send people to validate and um, push what he already told you if he feels like you're not paying attention. But 9 out of 10, nobody's not telling you nothing you don't already know. If you get and you go to lunch with your girlfriend and she says something, you're like, child, you're right. You knew, she, you knew what she was saying was right because it was, it was a conversation you already had with yourself. And as a woman and as a wife, Nikki, what do you do when you have those moments where you, you have those moments where you need to have that validation or you need to have those things um, that that checklist 
just like, yeah, I knew that was right. What do you do in those instances? Um, well, I do have um, someone that I actually go and speak to because my gift does not allow me to look into my own life. Um, I, I guess God said, no, you're not going to get your own cheat sheet. This is not going to happen that way. So I do have someone else that I can reach out to. My daughter, with her having the gift, sometimes if I need insight on something or to make sure that I'm really going in the right direction, she will sit down and she will, you know, she'll let me know. So I do have other sources that I have to reach out to. Absolutely. And you know what I call intuitive people? They're emotionally nosy people. Emotionally <laughs> nosy people, I'm for real. Them emotionally nosy people, those are the people that can look on your face and be like, uh-uh, what's wrong with you? Like they know it. They're emotionally nosy. They tap in the gifts that um, they were given is to be able to tap into emotion and be able to, like, tap into to you um, before you even open your mouth. You ain't got to say nothing. They're like, mm-hmm, I knew that. I, I knew that. I could tell because something just wasn't right. Your whole color was off. You know what I'm saying? So how do you deal with those people that come to you and they're uh, in disbelief about you actually being able to um, kind of just tap into their to they spirit? Because I'm sure people ask you questions they already know the answer to just to see what you say. Right. Well, the thing is, is that I don't even give people really that opportunity to do that because when initially when I get on, because basically my, I do it over the phone because <clears throat> I talk to people all over the world. And so when they get on the phone, my first five to ten minutes, I'm telling you things about yourself at this point in time. I don't need you to ask. I don't need to ask you to ask a question. I'm not going to ask you a question. I'm already connected with you spiritually, and I'm already telling you some things. Okay, like X, Y, and Z has happened in your past. Oh yeah, um, did you just did you just move? Are you getting ready to move? Like it's certain things that I will pick up on, and it's just not to show them, but it's also really, no, honestly, for me to make sure that I am connecting with this person and I'm connecting with their spirit. And by that time, by the time I finish that little five or ten minutes, they are already sitting somewhere with their mouth wide open, like, how did you know that? I'm like, this is what you called me for. So I don't really worry about skeptics because I believe that, you know, God got me. You know, he, he's not going to let me, you know, give something that's not right. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tony, you got any questions? I know she's, she's in traffic. Now, I'm I'm listening, and you ladies are spitting some knowledge. And once again, welcome to the chat room. I'm so happy to come in, and I'm just sitting back here. If I could, at least you know I'd be taking some notes, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Tony is a note taker. She will take some notes and put it in your knapsack. She'll be like, uh-uh, child, you remember this on this day? Uh-uh, put this over there. Yeah, you're going to need that for some. Uh-huh. I wrote that down just for you to be able to keep that because I know you didn't do it. <laughs> That's the best part about Tony. Absolutely. I do, have a, I do have a question. I'm listening to the both of you, and you're really, really saying some wonderful things. But um, I want to know how often do you come across a woman that just maybe going through the, the the emotions, and then she says, "Well, I thought I can change him," because that seems to be so common. A woman thinks that she can change a man, and if a man doesn't want to be changed, he will not change. Um, actually, quite often, um, more than none. Honestly, and, and they don't always use the word, well, I thought I could change him. If mm-hmm. they would more or less use the word, but I'm different than all the rest of the women, so I figured mm-hmm. he would be different towards me. 
Ah, so you thought you could change point. him. You see what you see how they try to do the wordplay with it. So they don't actually right. just come out and say, "Well, I thought I could change him," because of course, that 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 statement almost has become forbidding for a woman to say. But it doesn't mean that women still don't try to do that. Right. Mm. Wow, that's out. And I, and I think that's true. But all the time, a lot of times, I think it's because. I'm sorry, y'all. I got the saddest thing going on. But I think it's because um, most men don't deal on an emotional level. And so, therefore, you see things in him that he does not see because that's your job. You know, as a woman, you're you're the multiplier. Your job is to make everything, anybody that comes in your life, your job is to make their life better. But if you see something that they don't see, that becomes a problem because that means that that person is not emotionally healed, they're not uh, emotionally healthy, they're not able to give you uh, what you want. You have, you, they, have, they haven't even had time to catch up. And so I think a lot of times we get wrapped up in that as women because we see things that they don't necessarily see. We see things in them that they don't see because our job is to see from the inside outside. So we right. look beyond, you know, a lot of times now, don't don't get me wrong, ladies. Now, y'all know when y'all go to the club or wherever y'all go and y'all see these men, it's five things you look at automatically. And that gives you a sign on the inside of who that person is without them even saying nothing, right? Everybody has those things, those go-to things. Some people just go-to is the teeth. I look at your teeth to see if you take care of yourself. I look at your shoes to see, you know, so there are things that we look at on the outside to give us a hint on the inside, but really we're insiders. We go on the inside and we look on the outside. That's why we get to see so many things in the men that we come across, even some women, that they don't necessarily see themselves. But, the, but that's the problem. When you see that they don't see it, you can't make them see it. You can't make them see it. You can't make them understand it. You can't. They have They have to go through whatever it is that they have to go through to get to the point where they can see themselves before anybody else sees them. Okay. And you know what? And that's so crazy because that is, and that's something that I also get with when people call like, well, what can I do? Uh, nothing. There's nothing you can do. There's that, you can pray. That's what you can do is pray. And mm-hmm. And and then, too, I get, you know, of course, relationships would be my number one. And then it would be finances would be the second one. I always know that that is going to be my top two questions anytime I get on the phone with somebody. And when it comes down to the relationship with the women, it's always, well, you know, do you think this is the one for me? Do you feel like that this is going to last? And you know, now you already know how I am if you've seen my live reading. Sometimes I'm like, well, do you think it's going to last? And, well, if you, you got to ask, but if yeah, you got to you know, ask, right. I'm just saying, if you got to ask, if if you, gotta yeah, ask you, know, like, you already know. Exactly. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm being funny, but at the same time, I'm kind of being serious because it's like, I mean, you're, you're asking, is it going to last? And then it's like the follow-up question is, well, do you think we would, you know, get married? And it's so funny because, of course, I know you see my lives, and I'll say, well, no, this is not the one that you need to be with. But then the question would be, well, do you think we're going to get married? So I'd be like, Lord Jesus. I'd be like, Lord Jesus, help her right now, help her. Because it's like we just want what we want 
but we don't want what is ours. I always say, if you're with somebody and it's not going to work out, and I'm telling you, like, this is not the guy for you. This is not the one you're supposed to marry. But then you keep trying to fight to stay in that relationship. I always say, you're with somebody else's man at this point in time because you know this is not yours. Hmm. And also, sometimes they feel like they put so much work into that that quote-unquote man that they don't want the next person to reap the rewards of all that work when that work wasn't for you to be doing. That's not your man. Like you said, he was meant for someone else. No, the work was for them to do. Like, people come into your space for a reason, but the season is not forever. So it was for them to come in contact with you, for you to pour into them. Unfortunately, it didn't work out for you, but they needed to learn some things. They needed to get some things because the person that is for them, they need to be ready for that person. And so in order to get ready, you got to have training. You know what I'm saying? Just like women. Exactly. Just like women, you got to have training. But the thing is, is that what are you pouring into them? Because this is the thing. Are you pouring the sweet tea that's meant for your husband, or are you just supposed to be giving them the unsweet tea? See, we, we're confusing in what we're pouring into the relationship. See, a lot of times we would get into a relationship for us to be, for us to learn or for us to teach the other person something. But then we end up giving them the white card when we was really just supposed to be giving them this friend card. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like you're mixing up your cards right now. And then you get in a situation, and now you're like, well, I don't, I'm, I'm attached. I love this person. Yeah, because you poured all your sweet tea. You got all the way down to the bottom of the jug where you even had the crumbs of sugar coming out that you didn't pour everything over here. That now you got to sit here and try to get yourself together for the real man that's supposed to have the whole jug of sweet tea. Hmm. Great girl. But but at the same time, this just comes with self-worth and understanding that when it's your time, let that man find you. You know, if you have a minute, I always tell the story of myself and my husband. I was not looking for a husband. Honestly, I said I was not going to even get married. I was more focused on me working, me taking care of my two children. That was it. When my husband showed up, I was not expecting to marry this man. As time went on, I was like, oh, my God, I think I might marry this man. When he asked, I said, oh, my God, I'm getting married. I'm still in denial because this was not nothing I was searching for. He found me. I didn't look for him. I waited. So in a lot of times, women, we don't want to wait. We want what we want when we want it. And we go out here and we get the wrong things. Absolutely. Now, I will say this, ladies. I will say this. You know, a lot of times, because there are some people that get together when they're younger, it don't work out, and then, you know, 10, 20 years later, boom, they, they're married. This is the thing that um, I, I think is that people have to grow, and you have to give them time to catch up to you. And when you get them on a level where they're not ready, even if it's a female for all these fellas, you might get a a, a female that, you see something in her. See, if you could see her inside before you see her outside, you know that she's special, but she's not ready. So a lot of times when a person is not ready, you have to give them time to catch up. You have to give them time to experience and grow and learn and be ready. 
And when you see them again, when they come around again, it won't be the same way. It won't be the same person. They're going to be a totally different person. It's going to be the same person, but you're going to have it a different flavor. You know what I'm saying? Like, if something is meant for you, oh, it's for you, but it has to be just right. You can't have it when it's not right. Like, people will get into relationships, and, and it'll be like, dang, out the blue. If I would have met you three months ago, I probably wouldn't have dated you. You know what I'm saying? Because three months ago, that wasn't I wasn't there. You know, or three months ago, he wasn't there. And so sometimes you, you have to not suffocate a relationship. You have to let it go. How uh, DMX say, if you let a dog roam, he'll find his way home if that's what home is. But he has to grow. He got to learn. He has to learn how to not only to value you, but desire, not only to desire you, but value you at the same time. I think that you have to do both. You have to be able to desire and value whoever you're with. And you also have to value yourself as well. Because you know, you you have to you have to know you. You have to grow within you, and understand exactly what it is that you want. You have to even like yourself sometimes, you know. You just can't just say, oh, you got you got to look on the inside like you ladies have been saying and not necessarily on the outside. But a lot of women, we know we, we're emotional creatures. So mm-hmm. we base a lot on our emotions. Yeah, and you know, Miss, Miss Tony, wife 101, she's been married for like 35 years. Mm-hmm. And so... <laughs> See the wife Bible right there. Yes, she is the wife Bible. <laughs> I want, and I can relate to what what she said about not necessarily looking because the night I met my husband, I wasn't looking for a husband. But when I laid eyes on him, I knew he was my husband. I was just coming out of a relationship, not a happy relationship, and you know, you just happen to be at that place at that time, and then come to find out later that. He was on the other on his end, telling his people, you know, I think I found the one. But it has to be a, a mutual thing. You have to come to some type of mutual understanding, and you have to be at the right place in each of your lives as well. Absolutely, I definitely agree. This is Les Chad. We are excited to have the fabulous Nikki Intuitive in here, dropping her knowledge and just coming to kick it and share with us. Now, Nikki. If you could give people five five must-haves um, before they decide to get into a relationship, based on all the people that you've talked to, what are five things you would say that that's a need to have before you say, okay, let me do this? That's a good one, Leash. Thanks, Leash. Is she with us? Did we lose her? Is your phone on mute? Okay, no, no, my phone wasn't on mute, but okay, I kind of walked out of the, uh, <laughs> like I got a lost service. Um, no, that is a good question, but you know what? Uh, my first, my first one would be time to yourself, and that would pretty much so far with the other four. Um, we're having time to yourself, learning, learning yourself. Number one, letting go. Making sure that you let go of all the past hurt, everything that you went through. Mm-hmm. If you need therapy, go get therapy. You know, mm-hmm. you know, start taking care of yourself mentally and emotionally. Um, if you if you're career driven, go ahead and start your career. Go ahead and get into your business. Um, I find that a lot of times when people are in relationships, they will stop doing what they wanted to do, their passion, because 
the relationship has distracted them. So start that. Start at least get it going. Even if the person comes in the middle of you getting the business going, at least you've already got that going. And I would say that's about it. For me, I mean, it's not quite five, but those are the main things that I notice when I give readings. Mm-hmm. Those are good, good, good ones, too. Yes, those are good things to put in your knapsacks, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we appreciate you coming to keep with us here in the chat room. We want you to shout out all of your social media. And we always like to kick it off on a fun note. You know, um, T always comes up with these fun questions, but I'm going to do a little question because I know everybody has seen this. So you saw Kanye West's interview, right, both of them. Did you see both his interviews? No, I saw um, I saw a clip of one of his. My husband actually was trying to show it to me. He's sad right what? now. What, what, he's what, sad, what, what, but he's not. He's actually smart. What was your take on it, looking on the inside? You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. Everybody thinks that Kanye is, like, off the rocker, and and they think that um, he's just, like, pretty much so crazy. But if if people actually go back, some months back, Kanye was – he was talking about how society, you know, how the um, – the TV and radio and, and the paparazzi and all of them, once something is said, that's how everybody reacts to it, you know, how everybody starts doing whatever or believing whatever what was said. And I personally, this is not me looking into it, but me personally, I really feel like Kanye is trying to prove a point right now. He's trying to prove that if he may say something or do something and trying to show people how other people may end up following or how other people are going to start perceiving it and the, the reaction of how everybody's going to be like a domino effect to it. Because he's already spoke on this. He talked about this before it got here. Mm-hmm. Somebody mentioned that I was watching Sister Circle, and um, uh, Selena actually said that. She said this could be one heck of a um, spinoff for a new album where he wants to give two sides of a coin, um, and then boom, now you got an album that drops talking about these things. I think he wanted us to create conversation. You know what I'm saying? I know that sometimes I think he thinks faster than he speaks. Yes. He's, a out so of, when he's he, like the out-of-the-box artist. You know, so when you're right. dealing with somebody that's like out-of-the-box, you literally can't look at him to, like, for somebody normal, so a regular artist to do this, you're like, okay, listen, he has issues. There's something going on there. But for Kanye, is this really, is this really weird for him? You know, this is, this seems like Kanye. Uh-huh. I think I think a lot of people they they as far as Kanye, you know, he is a he is a different Kanye since his mother has passed, and yes. sometimes I think his his. And I and I'm not a doctor or I'm not a, a licensed whatever, but sometimes he his mental thinking has changed dramatically since his mom passed, and I think that oh, affects, yeah. it affects his music, it affects his perception on life, it affects it affects his perception on a lot of things. So I think you're just seeing you may be used to one Kanye, and now today. You know, he's letting us see another one. As a result of, of that's a tragic loss when you lose your mom. That's like losing a major part of yourself. Mhm. 
Yes, it is. Right. It's, that is what? so very true. Because my mother passed in 2016, and I could say for maybe up until the beginning of this year, my mind was bad. Like, it, I was bad. It was uh-huh. I was just bad. And and I'm still I'm not bad bad like I was, but I can I didn't recognize like I had cut my hair so short I didn't even realize how short my hair was. I didn't even realize mm-hmm. sometimes when you sometimes you just walk in and you don't realize you're doing things you just doing do them. something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I can agree with that. See. Mm-hmm. Now, Nikki, we always like to do something fun. So I know T got a little something um, prepared for you. I know she do because she always do. There'll always be some good oh, questions. Oh, Lord. I know, she, you okay. know, I would say clutch your pearls, but child, you family, you okay. really have. Welcome. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> And I want to give you a fun question Just to set a scenario Because Grisha and I love hearing the creative juices Of our guests flow so rapidly But you have a man and a woman And they have come to the, a, a fork in the road Okay And one on one hand The man feels that he has found The woman that he thought She was But the woman is on the opposite end So give us a little quick scenario On how they can come onto that So the man, let me make sure I have this right before I, before I answer this. So the man feels like he's been found the woman of his dreams, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But the woman right. is feeling completely opposite right now. Right. And so the question is, how could they bring themselves together? What would work to bring them together? Right, from a man's perspective. What can he from do to make he, her know that he, he, he is the one for her? Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. I got the scene. I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> That's a good one because now I got to go from a man's perspective and not a woman. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. You know what? I would say, mm, I would say fight for her. Fight for uh-huh. her and listen to her. Listen to what she's saying and fight uh-huh. for what it is that she wants from a man and out of a relationship. Uh-huh. I feel like that's one thing that men do. They they fight, but they, they're fighting with the wrong weapon. They don't listen to what the woman is saying that she wants, and they're get, they're, they're making a fight for what it is they think that she wants. And all she, he has to do is just listen and, right. and approach that fight. So I would say that. Wow. I like that. I like that, Lisa. Like, that's a good that's one, too. That's a good one. That's a good one because isn't that like the first thing we say, y'all? It's like when something happened, it's like, but you didn't fight. See, this is the thing about women. We are we are forgiving creatures sometimes. You know, some of us are a little bit uh, petty child because, you know, I get that petty spirit sometimes. But, you know, but, you know, we, we are, you you always have that little window, okay? Fellas, you've you got this little window, and y'all not using the window properly. Y'all not using this thing here properly. When y'all get that little window, that is your that's where you fight in that little window. Because if you let her sit for too long, you won't have her. She's gonna leave. 
and she's going to be with somebody else. So you have to, if you don't fight, if she doesn't even feel or see you fighting, she's going to, the assumption is going to be made, oh, this is not what you want to do. And the problem is that, like you said, they don't know how to fight. They don't, they know how to fight, but they don't know how to use the tools um, that they have to get that way. And I think a lot of times that comes from a lot of men hurt hop too. Yep, I said it. Y'all be out here hurt hopping. Hurt hopping from chick to chick, but y'all hurt. And y'all expecting somebody else to to pay for or make up for what somebody else did. Or you're looking for perfection. I always say that we are imperfect people always looking for perfection from another imperfect person. You're never going to find perfection from anybody. You're not going to find it. And you are looking for perfection out of somebody else because you are trying to disguise and camouflage your imperfection. That's just another sign saying that there are things within you that you need to work on. So, y'all, just like we out here hurt hopping, y'all be out here hurt hopping too from chick to chick. We got to stop. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Great, great conversation, guys. Great conversation. Love it. Want you to shout out all of your social media. You are now a family member of Let's Chat. Whenever you've got something on your mind that you want to talk about, you want to come and kick it with the ladies, just hit up me or Miss Tony, and we will make that happen. Yes. Oh, man. Thank you, ladies, so much. Thank you for bringing me on. So the Instagram is going to be Intuitive Nikki M, and the Facebook is Nikki Intuitive. I'm a simple lady. My name. <laughs> <laughs> On here, ladies. I most definitely would be back. I will most definitely be back on here with you, ladies. Um, I really enjoyed this. Oh, we so we have really more. enjoyed you. Yeah, I'll make sure y'all catch y'all live. She will, she will, she will tell you some things about yourself. You got, you only can ask her one question. No, I'm just saying. She gonna want some pointers uh, after that, but you can ask her one question, and she will give you like five different answers to that one question. But you'll be like, wow, really? What? She is really emotionally nosy. She she uses her gift well. Oh, wow. thank you so much. Thank you. We appreciate you, lady. <laughs> We appreciate you. You know, you are welcome back anytime. Thank you, ladies, so much. You are welcome. Have a great evening. You too, ladies. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was nice. That was a nice. Yes, that was a nice conversation to have. I don't think we have conversations like that enough um, where we get to see both sides. And shout out to everybody on Facebook that, that logged in and they posted our, our trending topic. So our trending topic today, if you're just tuning in, um, is for our Mind, Body, and Soul segment, was inspired by Delphia Blout, who is an author. And she posted that relationships fail because people are looking to be desired rather than valued. And so, y'all, if y'all just tuning in, y'all done missed some stuff, child. Make sure y'all got y'all pencils and papers because Nikki done left us with some live stuff to put in our little knapsack. Make sure y'all go back and check out our archives here on blogtalk.com. You can also check us out on any podcast app as well as iTunes. We have our next fabulous guest. Now, this guest right here, child, she be doing so much. Now, she is a, a founder. Um, she's an author. 
she she pours into people. Um, she helps people pursue and and tap into their own dreams. And so I'm really excited to have her on here to come and talk with uh-huh. us today. Uh-huh. And it's Janisha Dobson. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, and thank you for having me today. Welcome. We appreciate you joining us tonight. Thank you. Now, you do so much, child, but you sound so young. You got to, I know we're not supposed to ask, but you got to tell us because you sound really young, and you are doing a lot. Yes, I do do a lot. I do multitask. Um, and when you're walking in your God-given purpose, you make things happen. Absolutely. You got to talk that talk. I know that's right. <laughs> and so you're the founder of Black Girls Productions. Tell us a little bit about it. Okay, so I started Black Girls Productions in 2012, and our goal is to bring awareness to social issues through theater. So we talk about issues like domestic violence, um, HIV awareness, um, psychological issues, um, just a lot of things that, you know, women face and we face as a society, sometimes things that we don't feel comfortable discussing, but things that we need to bring to the forefront in order to bring about healing within our community. Oh. I like Absolutely. to sit on that. So what made you what made you get into um production and then allowing um that production to be a blessing to others? Because you were oh. a psychology major, right? Yes, I have a masters and a bachelor's in psychology. So my background most of my um my life I worked for the government. So I was always goal-oriented, but deep down inside, I knew that writing was my passion. It took me a while to realize that it was my purpose, but I knew it was my passion. So around 2015, I walked away from my six-figure salary in order to walk in that God-given purpose. And that's how I started to really get out there, produce my um, plays, and then travel around the southern states. Absolutely. Now tell us about coffee shops. Um, which which is one of your productions. So Coffee Shop, what it does is bring awareness to um, sexual assault, molestation, and rape and things like this. So you have this young girl who works in this coffee shop, and she ends up getting mentored by the, the owner of the coffee shop, not knowing that they share a common bond. But eventually you find out that the, the young lady who works in the coffee shop was being molested by her stepfather. So oh. she ends up confiding in the lady who works for the coffee shop, and that's how the healing starts. Because her mo- her mother doesn't believe that her husband is molesting her child. So, and that's how things go into play with the coffee shop. Absolutely. And now this is my favorite because y'all know I say this all the time. Uh, I always say never settle, but it says I'll be single before I settle. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I was thinking before I said it was about four friends who rekindled this old college bed to see who can find true love first. So they get to dating all these different type of men, some of them dating the same man. And you have this one who's been dating this guy for seven years, and her girlfriends give her a hard time. This man been dating for seven years, but he hasn't proposed, and the girl is pregnant. So eventually he does propose. And, you know, she takes up for him. He's a good man. He's this, he's that. But all along, he's beating her. 
So in the play, he ends up killing her while she's six, seven months pregnant. And it teaches people about, you know, just taking your time and praying for God to send you the right one. And you have these ladies who are all very accomplished, but the goal is to excuse the children. But they do settle in the sake of saying they have to make I know that's right. I like how you put that spin on it. I like how you um, introduce life lessons uh, in the form of your production just to bring awareness to kind of open people's eyes. Um, we were, I don't know if you listened to earlier in the um, show, but I did say, you know, a lot of times God places people in your path for a reason. And nine times out of ten, they're not telling you something you don't already know. They're not sharing something with you that you don't already know. They're sharing and telling you something that you probably ignored, um, but he's already discussed it with you. And so I like how you do it, uh, the approach you take, where you're able to to cross paths with these people and kind of tap into it, where it's not harsh, but it's more like an aha moment, like, okay, all right. Now you're writing a book, and it's called From a Six-Figure Income to Spiritually Broke. Tell us about this, because we we book bougie over here. We do tell people that we are very book bougie. And so, you know, titles have to, they have to talk to you, your title, your synopsis, the um, cover, all of that is part of the eye candy of a book. And uh, we say that all the time. But that title, Six Year Income to Spiritually Broke Child, you would think that spiritually you would be on cloud nine with a six-figure income. Talk about it. Okay, so from a six-figure income to spiritually broke, it talks about my life story, and it leads up to the moment that God said it's time to let go because that's something that I struggle with, not out of fear, but because I was helping so many people out. I'm like, if I quit this job, will they will they be okay? Will they be able to to survive? Um, so it leads up to that to that moment. You see the different struggles that I had. You see the moment that I went into my job and gave them one sentence. I plan to resign effective October the 15th, 2015. And you see all the chaos that happened afterwards. Who done something to you? What can we do to fix it? You know, whoever messaged you, let us know. We're going to get this right. But no one had did anything to me. It was just God telling me to let go because I knew deep down in my heart that it was a higher calling on my life. And a lot of people was like, I can't believe you're quitting. You let this good job go. You know, a lot of people would, would die to be in your position. But I knew that that's what God called me to do, so I let it go. And I'm at a level of peace right now that I probably couldn't even explain, but it's just peaceful because I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to do in my life, which is um, working the arts and working the entertainment. I love it. I love it. And and you fit it right in with our topic. So our topic today is it's our mind, body, and soul segment. And we were talking about a post. We try to do these trending topics just to kind of get people talking, um, men talking, women talking. Because I think a lot of times we talk and sometimes we say the same thing um, when we should be talking to each other. Most of the time we're talking at each other. Um, but Delphia I keep pronouncing her name wrong. I'm, I'm going to have to get that together. Um, but she posted on her Facebook, relationships fail because people are looking to be desired rather than valued. What do you think about that? Dr. Dotson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think 
with the age that we're in now with social media being so big, I can agree with that because a lot of times people do want to be desired, you know. Um, people posting up half naked pictures on Instagram or pictures in the song or or guys and you know, everything's showing. I think people do want to be desired instead of instead of value. But I think value would be more of the right thing. Because you want somebody to value you, or value you being a part of their life, um, to be able to say that you are of value because you're bringing something to the table other than just, you know, your look. So it's substance is coming to the table instead of how a person looks. When I think about desires, that's the first thing that comes to mind, like the image of how someone looks. I desire to have that person be a part of my life instead of valuing that person being in my life. Absolutely. Do you think a lot of times people focus on desire because they want to camouflage the lack of desire for themselves? Absolutely. A lot of times it's a self-esteem thing. If I go and post up these pictures, I'll get a million likes versus me just being myself and may get two likes on a post. So I do think sometimes it's a self-esteem thing. You know, if a lot of people say they like me, a lot of people, you know, post comments or put the little hearts and things up, it'll make me feel good about myself. Because usually it's something internal that, you know, you're not really dealing with or that you are camouflaging or trying to cover up with these images and things that you are posting. Absolutely. I think think that, um, I think, this is Tony, and thanks once again for joining us, but I think that when a woman tries to be desired, she's not only trying to be desired, but at the same time, I feel that she's devaluing herself, you know, because, you know, the old saying, show show less, let them think a lot more. You know, right. I think sometimes you take away that desirability because you're trying to or devalue yourself because you're trying to put so much out there. And in one sense, you you attract all types of things when you do that and not necessarily right. the right thing. That's true. That's absolutely true. I agree with that 100%. Now, do you – Currently, are, do you practice counseling, or you just do you use your production as a form of counseling? I use my production as a form of, of counseling. Like with the psychology aspect, I use that when I'm doing character development. How do these people think? How do they behave? How do they think? Uh, what's their background story? So I use my degree for that. And indirectly, I'm always counseling someone or listening to someone's problem and giving them advice on how to be the best best version of them. So I use it in both my plays and in my personal life. Absolutely. Now, you you you, you quit your six-figure job. Like, that's gone. You just told them, look, I'm gone. I'm out. Now, you said you went from six-figure income to spiritually broken. What was the, What was that spiritually broken moment like for you? It was a moment that I knew that I had to because it was long past my due date, and it was like everything around me started to fall apart because God was telling me to let go, but I feel like he had to show me because my personality is so laid back. I was taking things on my job that I probably shouldn't have been taking, but I'm the type that, that feels like, okay, I can fix everything. But so many things started to fall apart. Um with my boss, my boss was having issues. I started to get sick. I started to have chest pains. 
Um, and just like a lot of illnesses, like I just started to get sick, but then the doctors couldn't find anything wrong. So it was stress. And my personality, again, is very laid back. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to kill myself. It's time for me to let go. I'm too young to be having chest pains. I'm too young for my legs and arms to be swelling. I don't have high blood pressure. I don't have diabetes. Um, it's not an aneurysm or anything. But I felt like that was God's way of getting my attention. Mm. And who was your biggest supporter when you decided to finally let go and and, and move on and pursue something that uh, you really kind of stepped into kind of blindly, like, let me just, just go for it. You know, you I'm not going to ask no questions. I'm going to go ahead on and do it. Who was your biggest supporter doing that? So my biggest supporter would be my mom. She knew when I was taking that step into faith and step into the unknown that I had thought it through. And they know whatever I do, I give it 110%. So she, hands down, was my biggest supporter. I love it. I love it. We have our next guest. We're going to bring our next guest in here. And I always, for, I have always for years, I love her to death. I love her books. Y'all, her pen is so nasty. Let me tell y'all, her pen is straight nasty, but I love her books and her posts. Just her whole personality is always, always just so refreshing. But I'm always jacking up her name. I know she be like, she just saying my name wrong. Every time she, every time she say something, my name be wrong. <laughs> Well, we got this fabulous, 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 gorgeous author. I'm not going to say your name. You got to tell me how to pronounce it. Garcia. Delphia? Yes, Garcia. Oh, Garcia. Y'all was yes. y'all know I could tear a name up. And y'all there know for no years I've been messing her name up. I ain't going to tell you how many years. For some reason, I'm like, where is the L? Where do you see the L? (laughs) I don't know. Let me tell y'all. I ain't going to tell y'all how long I've been saying her name wrong. But I've been saying it wrong for a long time. But she's always polite. She answers. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so used to it. Thank you for inviting me. You are more than welcome. Okay, so you you, we, you ain't been in the chat room in a while, so you got to tell, let us know and keep us abreast of what's been going on in your creative kitchen. What you over there cooking? Oh, my gosh. I have um, the Best My Best Friend series, and it's a short erotic series. I'm on, um, I just finished part six about the, a month and a half ago or maybe two months ago, and I'm working on part it's so hard because this is the ending and people are telling me like do a season two make it like a series you know that type of series and I'm like I don't want to leave it hanging because I promise every time I leave a book hanging I never get back to it I never like people still waiting on Digmatized 3 now from 2014 and it's sad because I just want to get it together So that's what I'm trying to do, but, you know, this was the tax season. I do taxes and all of that stuff, so I was pretty busy, and now I'm trying to get back to my creative, you know, my creative realm. Like, I'm just ready to get back into the swing of things now. I love it. I love it. Okay, so, you know, you inspired this topic on today because you posted this a couple of weeks ago. Now, what Uh made you post this particular question? 
Okay, because I had a friend that was going through some things and um, had been in a relationship a long time, married, and, you know, someone comes around and, you know, people who have sometimes low self-esteem, they, they just want to be desired. When you, you know, know who you are and you love yourself, you don't really have that desire from others. You know what I mean, that you want, that you need. You don't need that desirement from others because you know who you are and you know what you want, you know. So it's kind of like um, that kind of tore him away from the family. And uh, I just felt like, you know, when one person values you more than any amount of money could ever, you know, be put on that, like how can you let all of that go to be desired by others or, you know, want desirement from other people. Like, that seems like a thing for most men to me, that a lot of relationships fail because the men want that attention from the other women, even though they have what they need at home. They want that attention that they're, they want to say they I still have it. And women do it too. I even went through that myself. But women do it too. You know what I'm saying? But you have to also realize that that's something deep within. There's something wrong with you, if you have everything, like, what do you want? You don't even know what you want. And then at, at that point, you should let the person know that's value, valuing you that you don't know what you want. Let them move on with their life. Stop playing games. But, you know, you want to be desired by all these people, but you still want to have somebody at home, that one person that will do everything for you, you know, like the 80-20 rule. You got the 80 right here, but these all these 20s out here still can't add up. <laughs> like, I'm confused, so that's basically what the post was about. Wow. Okay, so you were spilling some tea. We sorry, best friend, that she was spilling tea, but we, honey, uh-huh. we just we break no, it right on friend. up. Just a friend, just a friend. <laughs> well, we sorry, friend. We sorry, friend. Yeah. That you know, we we got hold of that tea, I but that I was in my feelings. Tonight. Okay. So sometimes I get in my feelings. I was in my feelings. That's how I felt at the time. So. Absolutely, there's nothing wrong with that though. That whether it's a friend, a best friend, that's that's really that person's job. You know, that person's right. job is is really there to keep you in track, on uh, intact and on track. When you right. kind of derail a little bit. Now, right. but you have to go back and focus on your value. You know what I'm saying? Yes, you mm-hmm. value them, but you got to value yourself more. So. Absolutely. Now, I have a question for both of you ladies because I don't know if you, you just tuned in or if you were listening to the beginning of the show, but we were talking about how it's different um, from men to women. Most of the time, women, we go from the inside out. Even like when uh-huh. we're looking at things on the outside, we're looking at things to tap into the inside. We're looking at your teeth. We want to know, do you take care of yourself? We look at your shoes. We look at your hands. So we're looking at things that, that help us tap into your character on the inside. Opposed to men, they look on the in, on the outside before they look on the inside. What do you all think about that? We'll start with um, Denisha. I mean, Shanisha. I think that is true. A lot of times, me, I think we both are physical, so it has to be some type of physical attraction first. But mm-hmm. I do think women sometimes look a little deeper. Uh, with men, it's about arm candy. 
is this type of person I can walk into a room with, go to a business function with that would turn hated. And then sometimes later on we find out that it's, it's it, it may not be what they think it is behind their pretty face. Because that's the first thing they do. They look at, okay, she's pretty, she got a nice body, but they're not really trying to get to know the person at first. At first it's just, look, she's pretty. But women, I think it depends on the woman. A lot of times women might be the same. Because sometimes they look at men and be like, he's handsome. Or, you know, that's it. And not really caring if he has substance or not. Because I know a lot of people who are dating guys that are handsome or attractive, but it's no substance there. He's a jerk or he got a bad attitude or he's not treating them good, but he looks good to their friends or look good for them to say, hey, I got this person with me. So I think it depends on a person, but I think men are more likely to just look at the physical um, and then it not be any substance versus women. What do you think, Delphi? Sophia. <laughs> I'm gonna get it. I think it's both, and the reason why I think it's both is because most people um, come together with an attraction, and the attraction is always start off physically. If you didn't think someone you were attracted to from the beginning, you wouldn't even walk up and have a conversation with them if you weren't attracted to them for some reason. I don't know. You know, sometimes people come off and start off as friends or some people have that strong sexual attraction, but I believe that women and men both look at the outside at first. And then with me, you could be attractive, but you say stupid stuff is going to turn me off. So I think that happens again in both with men and women. So men might look at a woman, she's fine, this, that, and the other, and, you know, I can walk around with her, but I can't take her nowhere where she's going to have to talk. I can't take her nowhere with you. I can't let her meet my mama because she's going to be a turn-off. You know, like, so I feel like we both do that. And it's it's kind of like, I guess that's, the, you know, the law of attraction. You, you meet somebody, you talk, and then you decide if you're going to carry it any further. And if you do carry it further, for what reasons are you carrying it further? You know, like you said, for the man, you want arm candy and, you know, you want to smash or whatever, and the woman could be the same reason. He could have money, be helping her out. You don't know what the reason is that they carry those relationships on, but we both look at the outside first. Just like you said in the beginning, you look at the teeth, you look at the shoes. Those are still outside things. It's not an ass or it's not titties, but it's still outside stuff. It's not what's in their heart. It's not their character. It's not their soul. Absolutely. Now, y'all, because y'all know, you know, us women, y'all know, child, we we could be a, a whole mess sometime, right? Let's talk about uh-huh. these, these preset um, expectations and relationship um, dream goals that folks got going on around here. Because y'all know that a lot of times you get into a relationship, everybody has a preset expectation of what they're expecting. They ain't told the other person right what the expectation is. But they got the expectation in their mind, and they that's what they're looking for. Um, what, 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 what's y'all take on these preset expectation um, goal dream chasers here? We'll start with Delphia. 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 D-I. I'm about to, okay, I got you. The hashtag relationship goals get on my nerves. Okay. Because first of all, 
Proving that the Facebook, you know that old saying, you know what people say. You trying to, you trying to convince me, or you trying to convince yourself? I think a lot of times that people are trying to convince themselves of who they are, exactly. um, instead of um, really being happy and satisfied, and like you said, being happy from within. What do you? What about right. you, Shanita? What do you say about these? Uh, these these preset expectation and these dream seeking um, relationship goals. Um, I agree with you guys. The social media plays a big role in people's lives now. If it's not on social media, it's not real. But you also do see a lot of people posting up my king, my queen, and then when you know them on a personal level, and you know everything that they're putting up is not true. That starts yeah. to be a problem. I think if you're gonna have some type of you know, some type of expectations, your expectations need to be, I want a man or a woman that's going to treat me, that's going to treat me good. And it shouldn't go any further than that. If you want somebody who's making six figures, you need to be able to bring something to the table. So your expectations should be, he should treat me good, he should treat me like a queen, and then just go from there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think... I think that a lot of times passion plays a part because when you think of desire, you think of passion. That's that's part of the past, you know, passion itself. And I know some people be like, no, that's not that's not part of passion. But really, to be desired, that's part of the fire. When you desire somebody, that that's part of that fire that you have for them. But it seems like 
a lot of times people get into relationships with the expectation that passion is forever. And the thing with a fire, just like in a fireplace or outside at, at campgrounds, you constantly have to relight that fire. But if you, I, I think and I believe if you don't light it with the right things, if you didn't use the right wood to begin with, it's not going to be the what you want it to be and how you want it to be. You know what I'm saying? Because we went around here, we got these preset expectations, and all of our expectations are based on our experiences. And so, like, when people say I have trust issues, um, you don't have trust issues. You have you trust issues. Like, you don't trust your judgment when it comes to this person. Um, when you are in like with somebody or when you are um, really, really full or just spiritually um, taken by somebody, when you are really um, giving your all to somebody, you don't trust your judgment because you really not only do not trust that relationship with that person, but you're, it's some things that you're missing that you're just trying to convince yourself are there that really aren't there. You know what I'm saying? What do y'all say about that when which we try to convince ourselves of things, just like on social media, which you're not trying to convince other people. Most of the time you're trying to convince yourself. But what do you say when, when that happens, when you find yourself um, or you find other people being envious of someone's life or envious of something that may not even be um, real or it may be real but you don't know what went into what they have or what they have to go through to get what where they are. So what do you guys say when that happens? We'll talk, start with Shanisha. Um, it bothers me because I was about to say what you just said. You don't know what these people had to do to obtain these things or you don't know what they're going through in this relationship. Yeah, they can be smiling on these pictures, but you don't know what happens behind closed doors and then when you see people who have attained a lot and most of the time people are referring to materialistic things you got to ask yourself can you put in the hours and the time and the blood sweat and tears that they put into this craft Mm -hmm. in order to achieve that level so that's why you shouldn't be envious of anybody because you don't know what they went through or what they're currently going through to be where they are or who they with um in life so yeah it bothers me because you just don't know what's going on in people's lives and I feel. Hey, you got it right. Look at I God. did. I was waiting for. Look, I was waiting for that conversation. <laughs> you affirmed me right there. I was waiting. I was like, she goes, yes. yes. <laughs> You're on it. <laughs> but yeah, I I totally agree. I agree. I know some. I know a lot of times people put up these pictures and they're trying to convince themselves. Or, or maybe even just put it up as um, a glimpse of hope that it could be back to that way or, you know, they want to somehow recreate, you know, that time or that moment and, or they're thinking about it or they're, you know what I mean? It's just something that, that got into them to want to post stuff and, you know, pictures or whatever, even when they're having problems at home or going through something bad or you know, just and as far as you know, envying people, like I've never been that type. I'm always happy for anybody when you're 
posting that you got a new job, you're posting this and that and the other. And I feel like more people need to understand, like she said, that you don't know what went into them getting to this point. And they're just trying to share a blessing. And sometimes people try to make it seem like you're boasting. It's not boasting, it's a blessing. Like, And it's only in your heart. You know, when you have that envious part in your heart, you're, as you're going to see it as boasting. You know what I mean? And then sometimes some mm-hmm. people are. You know, some people do get up there and boast, or you feel like all they do is talk about what they got. You know, maybe they're not even thanking God for it or whatever, but I've always said that you can't, you know, it's not a blessing if you had to send to get it. So they know what they did. You know what I mean? We don't know what they did to get that. Like, I, I just, I'm happy for everybody genuinely. I just want everybody to, you know, do better, live better, do better, be a better example for their kids and stuff like that. So, I, I don't like the fact that people do, you know, envy other people in that manner. So, Absolutely. And we mentioned this earlier in, in the show. Most of the time we are imperfect people always looking for perfection. But we're looking for perfection uh-huh. from other little imperfect people. We're never going to find that. But all of that is to um, camouflage our own personal uh-huh. imperfections. We want people that... That that arm candy effect, but that that arm candy effect covers what you don't want people to see, the things that you haven't dealt with for yourself, things that you haven't worked out for yourself, things that you haven't healed yourself about. Uh, Earlier in the show, we talked about familiar spirits with Nikki Intuitive, and a lot of times, we call it deja vu. You get in a relationship, you're like, dang, he remind me of Fred, or she remind me of Pamela, my my girl I had back in college. Da, 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 da. But then familiar spirits be something else. You know, those are the uh-huh. things that that remind you really that you need to be going in a different direction because you're really uh-huh. going backwards. Um, but as authors, when you guys are are writing, how do you guys tap into that? Um, that other side, so that you can you can grab and wrap people into uh, into your world more. We'll start with Tanisha. What I do when I write something, if I don't feel it, you won't feel it. So I make sure when I'm writing that it's going to be some type of emotion. I'm going to make you laugh. I'm going to make you cry. I'm going to make you angry. And if I'm writing it and I'm not feeling it, that mean it's not right. So I keep writing until I get to that point to where will this message be will be displayed properly to my audience? Will they be able to understand how this person feels? Will I um, get some type of response out of my audience? So if I don't feel it, that means I didn't do it right. So that's the first thing I do when I write. I keep writing until I get it to that point, okay, this will make me laugh, this will make me cry, this will make me angry. So I have to feel it in order for my my readers or my audience to feel it. Yeah, I have to agree. This is this is Tony Shalisa, and um, I so agree because you know, Lisa and I are readers first and foremost. And if I can't feel the emotional pen that that an author presents to to their readers, you know, I want something that's going to make me think. I want something that's going to make me feel. You know, I want something that's going to make me wish I was one of those characters. So I want something that's going to affect me emotionally. And if it doesn't, then I'm just skimming over words. And that's just a waste of an author's talent. It's a waste of an author's time. And it's just a waste. So I love feeling an author's pen 
And especially when it affects me when I don't even realize that it's affecting me. It stays with me long after I finish that book. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bethia, what do you think? I think that when um, I write, I kind of try to put myself in the character's shoes. When I make my characters, I build them from the bottom. I have no idea what I want them to look like, be like, you know, or anything. I just try to see how I can fit them into this story, and then the story writes itself, basically. I, like, what the last book that I wrote, my best that's my best friend. You know, when I'm writing about Sasha, I know her background is, you know, selfish, and, you know, she has a reason for all of this, but you don't see that up front. But I have to get into a selfish mode. I've been selfish before. I know how to do that. So I can, you know, write Sasha's part. Mecca is the complete opposite, but they're best friends. And, um, you know, I can be that person, too. I try to get into my character's head as if I'm living that, what would I do in that situation, and, you know, if I'm this type of person. So I try to basically, you know, mend with the, the characters in my book when I write it. And um, as far as emotion and everything like that, I kind of just let it play out because most of my books are some part of me, you know, maybe something I've been through, maybe something I was close to, you know, some part of me or, you know, not necessarily in my friends or family, but if I've heard stories or people say something about something or what's going on in the world today, I just try to, you know, bring it all together and and make a lesson of it. And I also always incorporate God because, you know, there is no perfect relationship except the one you have with God. I don't care who you're with. <laughs> so I always have to incorporate God in all of my books. And I know they're nasty, but guess what? You know, God put us here for, to, you know, have babies and, and do stuff. <laughs> we take it, we you know, take it up a notch or two, but, you know, that was our purpose here from the beginning. And, you know, so I have to always, let people know that, you know, when you have a, a strong relationship with God, you know, and you love yourself and you love God and, you know, you can't help but, you know, to know what's better and what you deserve better, you know, in your relationships and stuff. So I kind of try to incorporate that in my book always. There's always a, a woman that knows her value. So that's how I, I always try to incorporate those things. I love it. I love it. And I'm glad that y'all mentioned that about readers because T is right. I, I'm one of those, um, you know, as readers, we, we say that we hate um, we hate books that are where we can pick, pinpoint what's going to happen. Um, but you got to have mm-hmm. that some, at some point in time because as a reader, the best part about reading a book is self-interaction. You know that self-interaction when you be like, child, she got that back. Girl, what you got to do with that? You got to hit him. Girl, you need to hit her. What you hit him for? You know, uh-huh. As a leader, uh-huh. you're talking to yourself. Uh-huh. That is the best part because now you is all wrapped up in the story. You wrapped up in the, the, the timeline, everything. You like, child, they mm-hmm. together now? What happened? You know, and you into it. But that's the best part about being a reader. That is my best, that is my most favorite time is when I can just, take myself and step into the pages 
but I can take myself mm-hmm. in and and absorb that author's pen. Like T was saying, being able to fill that author's pen allows you to absorb what it is mm-hmm. that they're they're feeling at the time that they're writing it. And so when you're having that self conversation, that's the best part. That that's what makes you that's what really creates word of mouth for a reader. Because when they start talking about that author and talking about that book, people can see the excitement. They can feel the excitement. Mm-hmm. Word of mouth has started, but it started from that, that one feeling. You know, we say we don't like predictability, but we got to have a little bit. Why? Because when it doesn't go exactly the way we think it should go, then we have that self-conversation. It's like, girl, and then I thought she was going to hit him over the head with the bat, but she hit her with the bat. And, you know, uh-huh. and then you having that self-conversation with yourself. you talking to the author in your head, you know what I'm saying, because, you know, the author is not your best friend. you like, girl, you was doing some things, so then when you write your review, it does become a message board at that point because now you're like, child, let me tell you about your pen. You, you're you excited about that person's passion. Right. Mm-hmm. And also, Alicia, when you're writing that review, it may not, because you're in your feelings and because it didn't go the way you wanted a certain character to, to go, that could determine the amount of stars that you, you, you give a Because those one and two stars speak volumes. And even if you give a book or a product a two star, you're still talking to your friends about it. Girl, you should have read this. I didn't like the way she did this. So now those word of mouth, like teacher said, mm-hmm. they've developed legs. So now they're expanding. They're going. They're walking. They, they're affecting other readers. So now they want to know what, what was she so upset about in that book. They get it in, they may feel different, and then they tell someone that that's how those legs develop, and that's how, you know, that, that word of mouth is just credit. Absolutely. Even from a one and, or two star. Yep. And then, you know, when the reader says, it was all right, but such and such, I don't like her, or I don't like him, or she a whole mess, or he is just a hot mess. Where do you get him from? <laughs> People love and they to feeling. hate. Yep, they love that character they love to hate. And so... Tell us about one character that you love that you have that readers love to hate. Oh. Shanisha, we'll start with you. I would say, and I'm gonna refer to a play this time. A play, a character. Um, what's this guy? Tall, dark skinned, handsome. He tricked you. You thought he was just a really good guy, but he ended up being abusive. So people hated him. They loved him at the beginning. Oh, he's doing the right thing. He's sweet. He's nice. But he just pretty much ended up being a monster. So that was one they loved to hate. Yeah. Um, I would say Lanise and Dick Matthijs, which is my first book, because she's a sex therapist and she's good at what she does, but she's passionate because she's, in love with someone she can't be with, and they hate her because she's they think she's a host. She's having sex with her patient's husband, so but they love her because <laughs> she's strong. You know, she's strong. She knows what she wants, and you know, goes after as far as they know. You know, so I feel like they love her because she gets the job done, and people, you know, oh, she you taught a lesson in this book. Oh, I wanted to go home and read this to my husband. And, and da 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 da, but they hated the fact that she slept with these people's husbands, and they didn't know. <laughs> Even though it was to make their marriages better, they didn't care. They still felt that she was a hoe. So people were like, mm. in the reviews, 
he's a narcissistic and da 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 they're mad at the you know, at mm-hmm. least like <laughs> I'm laughing like mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> it's people out there. But they I'm keep saying, coming back. <laughs> but they keep coming they keep back. Coming right. Back. Right. <laughs> You know, it's funny. You you'll get a one star review. Oh my God, I hate this book so much. Blah 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 blah. blah. And mm-hmm. the next thing you know, the same person reviewing part two. But why did you read part two? I'm confused. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why did you read part In two? In their feelings. <laughs> In their feelings, you're mad. Like you. But that means you did your job. Stars. Mm-hmm. That's right. Like you were you saying about the job. reviews and stars. I have so many one star, one and two stars for. Me dry because they were so mad that that it was a flash flash fiction series and it says that on the cover and it says it's thirty five mm-hmm. pages per book and I got so many reviews saying it was too short it was good but it was too short oh my god I can't believe she made me pay for this oh my god it's too you know not enough and I'm like mm-hmm. it says thirty five pages <laughs> are you looking at the same book I'm looking at. Right. Why right. are you mad? <laughs> but it's mm-hmm. like, you know, take it as a compliment because they wanted more. And I was like, You're right. right. You know, at first I was in my feelings, like, Why are you mad? Like are you mm-hmm. not seeing what I'm seeing? And do I need to contact Amazon? Like it's just not showing up for you. So I'm like, Why are they doing this? I was like, It's mm-hmm. a compliment, baby. You know, they wanted That's more. Right. That's oh, right. They in their feelings. You did your job. Good job. But can you, I'm glad you brought it up, uh, flash fiction, because a lot of readers don't know what a flash fiction is. Can you explain that to them? So a flash fiction is just like a little a short story that you would tell your friend. You saw something happen, and you run it back, tell them what you saw, what happened. It's just a short story. You know, it's so many words. Like, I think it's not over 5,000 words, but I made those books like 7,500 at least because I'm like, this is not enough. But um, it's, it's just a short read, you know, when you just want to read something on your, you know, you might be on a little trip going to the store to bus ride or you just want to read something real quick in the morning before you, you know, just something quick to read because I'm the type of person I get off, I get I write this way because this is how I like to read as well. So I have to get up enough to sustain me to keep going. I'm not the type of person, if my friend is telling me about a book, I have a good friend and she's an avid reader, and she's telling me about a different book every day. And I'm like, how, first, my first question, she already know how many pages is it? 300? Okay, I'm not going to go out to that. I'm not. I'm sorry. I can't. My attention span is not that. It has the book has to be jumping from page one for me to stay in for the long haul. <laughs> so, or you know, at least pick up. That's just how I am. That's how I've always been. So, um, that's how I write because I'm I'm thinking about people like me that want to read something short and then like, okay, I can't wait to the next one. Kind of like you know, a TV series when you watch an episode, your favorite. TV shows and you get an episode and you got to wait for next week, kind of like that. So that's how. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's basically that's the direction that I've turned to more short story series. You know, you're going to get this much information in this one and then I'm going to go to the next one because that's the time that I have to write and, you know, put into it and I want to be able to complete something and give it to you. And then you can be like, okay, I can't wait till the next one. I can't wait till the next one. Mm. 
That's a good now, one. See, I know a lot of people don't like that, though. <laughs> I know people, a lot of people don't like that. They, you know, I have some books that are, are over 200 pages, but honestly, the short, my short series do better than my 200-plus page books. Mm-hmm. Oh. I think it's because okay. it's like the action, boom, boom. You know, and uh-huh. it's right. boom, boom. Uh-huh. You know, I always uh-huh. say when you have a series, it may start on five, but it has to end on 10 or 20. But if the first yeah. book ends on 10 or 20, then based on my gauge, that next book has to start at 20 and end on 40. Right. Like it has to be Absolutely. like boom, boom. You got you, you done uh-huh. already hit them. They're excited now. Uh-huh. Now you got to hit them again. Boom, boom. And <clears throat> I think with the, the flash fiction, I think it's a lot of, of misunderstanding. Like readers don't understand. The, uh-huh. the use of it. They don't understand why authors do it. They don't understand the 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 purpose of it. You know, sometimes you just want boom boom. You know, you just want uh-huh. a book that's just gonna put you in in a in in your feelings. And a lot of yeah. times, like if I have read a book like that, there are some authors that I can stop what I'm doing. I can read. However, right. um, there are some authors that I I, I call it um, itis book itis. That uh-huh. if I read their book, I can't read nobody else's book after unless it's on the same level. So if you got an author that's right. like boom boom, that next book I read got to be boom boom too. It can't be slow right. because I'm not gonna get into it because right. I'm already hyped. I'm already excited about the pen. I'm excited about the direction. Now I want another book that's boom boom. Right. You know, and so a lot of times as a reader, I'm like, ooh, there are some authors that I get book ideas from. Like, I can't read nobody else after them. It's, it's hard. Uh-huh. Now, as... I can't do the build-up. The build-up, I'm impatient. I'm so impatient. <laughs> so a book that has a lot of build-up would drive me crazy, and I would put it down and be like, oh, my God, I'll come back to that later. And then I pick it up, and it's just the same pace. It's moving really slowly. I can't... I, it's hard for me unless it has... I know that there's a purpose behind the book or, you know, not just for entertainment purposes, but I know, like, it's a book about um, a woman that's being beaten and how she's going to get out of it and be a victor. I can do that because I know where it's going. But if it's a book that just starts out and it's trying to build up to, you know, the plot, I'm like, I can't. I, I, I would have to. It takes me several. I finish it but it just doesn't get my attention like the boom, boom, like you said. And then and then that's my problem after the boom, boom. Just trying to find another boom, boom. <laughs> wow. That's powerful. And it's hard to, to achieve sometimes. You have to be in that mental, that mindset for it. Uh-huh. People don't understand sometimes, you know, how hard it is. Like, I think my whole reason for not being able to write Dignitas 3 is because I'm not in my same place in my life as I was when I was writing that series to begin with. And so it's hard for me to get back into those characters when I have grown so much and think so differently now than I thought back then. You know what I mean? Because you got to go along with the flow that you're going at. If you advance too fast or too far, Ahead, they're going to be like, these characters, you know, they just switched up. It's the same name, but it's not the same person. How did they grow that fast over that little bit of time in this next series? So right. it's kind of like 
my mindset has grown. I think differently about relationships. I think differently. You know, it's hard, hard for me to go back into that where my mind was then and pick right up with those characters. And I, that's why I said I hate, you know, not being able to finish the series because once that time passed, you know, we all grow. And it's hard for me personally, I can't speak for anyone else, to go back into that mindset that I was in when mm-hmm. I started writing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially not at that same level as far as your growth as an author as well. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You're like, this don't even make sense. Like, why did, they, did I say this? <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. now you're looking back reading it like, what? That don't even make any sense. What was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> and you want to rewrite the whole dang series. Like, what? That's, That's true. Problem, That's true. Y'all. <laughs> well, y'all well, know that. ADHD, what is it? <laughs> mm-hmm. But you know what? No, it's it's the excitement. Like, people um, look at Streetland and they be like, what is it? You know, is it the shoot 'em up bang bang? They look at erotica. They're like, oh, it's the sex. It's neither of those. It's the it's the adrenaline and the excitement. It's the it's right. the that fire when you're reading. It, that's what it is. It's that drama and that conflict that draws people in. You know, when it's uh-huh. there are some erotic books that I just can't read. Why? Because y'all pens is born. Yeah, I said it. Don't send me no inboxes. And I'm not gonna say who's pen I can't read, but if it's gonna be nasty, let it be nasty. If not, send them to Starbucks for some coffee. Okay? Anybody got time? <laughs> <laughs> and I think that sometimes when you write an erotica, especially some men, I, yeah, I said it. Stop using them big old words trying to brain sex me. That is not working. Hello? If I gotta stop what I'm reading to go and to look up the dictionary. Fun, fun question, so I'm excited 
to see what her questions are for you ladies tonight. Absolutely. Once again, thank you so much for joining us. It's been such an enlightening evening with all of our guests. We've had some wonderful ladies on tonight. But my fun question is going to start with Miss Kenesha, and I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. And I'm going to go to your stage. I want you to give us just a little snippet, and I'm going to give you a prop. No, actually, your character is going to be a prop. I want you to do... A, a little snippet of a mind showing the pain, breaking away from pain, but you can't use words, so it all has to be in action. So you can, can you describe the action of your character breaking out of that pain? Because of your story with the six-figure salary, spiritually broken, really is, is resonating with me. So I want you to show that in a mind without using words. Does that make sense to you? So I'm just doing a mime and not using words? Right. right. I want you to describe the mime, what she's doing, breaking out of that pain. Okay. So the person is balled up in a circle. The head is shaking from left to right. The person slowly comes out of that circle. You see the legs coming out, the left leg straightens out, the right leg straightens out. Now they stand up right. They look up to the sky with both hands lifted up. A tear rolls down this mom's eye, the left eye. And now the mom smiles. The mom wipes away the tear. That's the mom coming out of it. I love it. I wanted that visual, and you gave it. That right, girl. <laughs> Sometimes things are spoken so loudly without words, and that just described that whole breaking out of pain and that one teardrop falling. So you nailed it, girl. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, Ms. Tatia, you know we love when you come in here. you got to stop being a stranger for so long, girl. I want you to use your book with Miss Mecca. I'm not saying her name right because you know me and uh-huh. people with our character names. Uh-huh. <laughs> I want you to give her a little prop on why. Is it Mecca and Sasha, right? Uh-huh. Okay. I want you to give them a little prop, a little little mini um, excerpt, and I want you to use a blindfold. Uh, they, 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 they're trying to get back together, and there's this one man who they both kind of like. So can you use a blindfold and a little prop with the three of them? Really? You want me to <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, You know she nasty you know already.
I would have Sasha rubbing her shoulders, kissing her on her neck, and <laughs> and uh huh, and kissing her on her neck. And you know she's rolling her head around, she's moving her feet, and her body's moving like to some music that's not there. They're just in mm. rhythm together, and they're going from top. She's going from top to bottom. He's coming from bottom to up, and they meet in the middle, and oh. they both kiss. <laughs> they're both kissing her stomach, and you know massaging her nicely. You know, basically, they both want to please her so badly. You know, mm-hmm. but they, mm-hmm. but they, they both want her. They want her, <laughs> and she basically oh. has to choose. Mm-hmm. And so oh. she, she pushes their heads together and makes them kiss. And like, you want me that bad, you? Oh, pleasure. <laughs> Follow me on social media at Black Girls 12. That's B L K G R R L Z 12. I'm also on Twitter at S Dotson 08. Or you can visit our website at www.blackgirls with a Z productions.com. Um, we're currently casting for my next production, which is Sweet Daddy. You can find out information on that on our website. And uh, from a six figure Income to Spiritually Broke is a work in process. My agent is currently shopping that proposal around, so we're waiting to see what's mm-hmm. going to happen with that. Awesome. That's great. And Ms. Yeah. First of all, I don't even want to go behind that because I don't have an <laughs> agent, and I feel some type of way. <laughs> but I got to follow her. She's supposed to be last, okay? That's what I'm supposed to say. Follow me at Office IT on Twitter and Instagram, and I'm going to be at my cousin Boutique Fashion Show on June 3rd. Yes, right. Are you for real? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> well, follow her yes. and make sure you go to her cousin Boutique. And that's, and that's my best. In part seven, which is the end of the book, and I'm going to put all of them together and make it into a full book to be out on my birthday, May 28th, and I'm going to make the book free for that one day. So that's all I'm doing over here. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, you're doing your thing. Well, thank you, ladies, so much once again for joining me and Alicia here on Let's Chat tonight. Thank right, you. Thank you Thank you. You guys are always welcome. If you want to just come <laughs> in and chit chat and got books you guys ready to drop, just let one of us know and we'll make it happen. We appreciate you guys. Thank, Thank you. you too. Thank you. You have a great evening. Good night. You Good too. Good night. Good night. Oh, that was a great show, yeah. That was a great show. Yeah.
We had so much fun with that topic. We had so much fun. Make sure you continue mm-hmm. to join us on the topic on my Facebook page. Um, just look me up. It's an it's a, it's a open page, so you don't have to uh, friend me or anything because my, my page is public. But just make mm-hmm. sure you all go on there. Check, check out that topic. Drop your little two cents. Shout out to everybody that posted, um, that gave their input. We appreciate you guys. You guys always make it fun. We will check y'all out tomorrow. We'll have the cast of The Deal. Uh, They will be in the chat room on tomorrow, so I'm super excited. We'll see you guys tomorrow. You guys have a great evening, and we out. Good night, everybody. Good night. I want an NBA contract, major league, who's contact? Get so much dough on luxury tax. And when I die, they put me in wax. From falling so hard, picture that. I want an NBA contract, so it may weather money in the backpack. Cut the check and let me cash that Now the ladies all want me to flash that Yeah, they all want me to flash that That NBA contract That NBA I wish I was born with a wicked jump shot Step Curry style, choke a three from a mile Or I cross you over like